The 23rd Psalm, uh, we'll read the entirety of it, but our emphasis is the latter part of verse number 6, where David said, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. And for whatever this psalm means to you, as we've said, however it has spoken to you in life, it seems to me that the mind of the shepherd, the purpose of the shepherd is one, that is to couple up with the sheep in verse 1, take them down through verse 2, 3, 4, 5, and finally verse 6, all the way to the house of the Lord. I'm glad that I'm one of his sheep, and I'm glad that as one of his sheep I'm going home. And so we notice that this uh, 23rd Psalm is David sharing his heart with us about a journey to the house of the Lord with the shepherd. And tonight as we look at this psalm, I want to begin reading in verse 1 as we read down through it. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I am glad tonight that we are not aimlessly roaming some terrain, we are not endlessly wandering in circles. We are not rambling in a desert, but we are, as God's people, headed home. As he said in John 14, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go away to prepare a place for you, and if I prepare a place for you, I will come again, receive you unto myself, that where I am, there ye may be also. Thank God there's a home, a wonderful home for all of God's children as we journey with the shepherd from here to glory. But tonight I want to preach on what I call the transformations of the journey home. The transformations of the 23rd Psalm. Now, when we use the word transformed or transformation, it is a Bible term. Romans 12 and 2 said, Be ye not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed. It is the word from which we receive our word metamorphosis. It has the idea of the caterpillar that builds the cocoon around itself and then eventually breaks forth as a glorious butterfly. It has to do, of course, uh, with the word change, as, as Paul used it in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 8. He said, we are being changed from glory to glory. He said, we are being metamorphosized. We are being transformed. We are, and I like the word, the basic word, 
changed. I'm glad that the Lord has changed me. I'm glad that he's still changing me. And I'm glad that I'm yet to see the fullness of the change that's going to take place in my life and in your life. There must be and there is intertwined. If anybody walks with the Lord, you would have to agree there'd have to be some kind of a change. And it's not a change that we can create in and of ourselves. It is not something that we can, uh, uh, through our own might and power, accomplish in our own lives or in anybody else's life. I am not here tonight. I've not been sent on a mission to this church to change anybody. As a matter of fact, it is often my prayer as I preach, Lord, help me not to change folks. Because you see, if I, through my abilities, though feeble they be, were able to change you, then somebody else would come along next week and change you again and you would be just keep being changed and tossed to and fro. But what we need is the Holy Ghost. We need the shepherd's touch to change us as we head to the house of the Lord. As David indicates, shepherd and sheep, as they migrate home, But this sheep's not left outside the door as if he's an animal or a dog. He's taken into the house. And I'm glad when the Lord saved me, he didn't leave me like I was. But he started a change in my life and and birthed me into the family of God and made me a new creature and then continued that change and will continue that change until one of these days, not only will there be a prepared place, but there will be a prepared people for that prepared place, and I'll not be a stranger when I enter that city. Why? Because there's been a transformation that would make me adaptable for a brand new holy environment. This shepherd's not just playing around with these sheep. He's working on them. He's changing them. He's transforming them all along the journey. Now, there are three things that I want to point out to you concerning this transformation of the 23rd Psalm, the changing that is, that is taking place. I want you to notice with me, first of all, the characteristics of this change, the characteristics of this transformation. Not so much in the word transformation or the act transformation, but how it displays itself in the character of the sheep. As David uh, uh, gives us an account of his own personal uh, character as he walks with the shepherd. Now, all I know about sheep as far as their character and characteristics is concerned is what I've read in books and what folks have told me. And from the little bit that I have been able to accumulate in knowledge and, of course, from what the Scriptures tell us, I know that sheep are what we might say uh, senseless 
animals. In other words, God did not give them when he created them uh, the instinctive ability to know anything about direction. And so therefore, if you uh, take a sheep and leave him to himself without a shepherd, then that sheep is going to wander in circles until something devours him or until he starves to death or some plight comes upon him because that's the characteristics of a sheep. They do not know the way home. They can never find the way home. They're not given the instinctive ability to be able to do that. They are senseless. They're not like... Uh, for instance, a cat. I heard about a fellow that had a cat and he didn't want him, so he'd take him off and he dropped him off. And, but the only problem was the cat always beat him home. And so he was talking to his buddy one day and he said, man, I'll tell you, he lived up there in Massachusetts. He said, if you'll take that cat down to town Boston to the hub and drop him off, said, there's so many roads coming out of there, you won't have to worry about it. And so he took his advice and he took the cat downtown Boston, dropped him off. A couple of weeks later, he ran into his friend again and his buddy said to him, Hey, did you take my advice? Did you take that cat downtown Boston and drop him off? He said, I sure did. He said, did he find his way out of there? He said, man, are you kidding? If it hadn't been for that cat, I'd have never got out of there. <laughs> well, the sheep is nowhere akin to that. He doesn't know anything about direction. That's his nature. I know also that sheep are not only senseless, but they are defenseless. And they're not given the talons of the eagle and the, of the, uh, the teeth of, uh, of the animal that would prey upon other animals. They're not giving the fleeting speed to be able to run as a deer would. They are left at the mercies of those that would devour and prey upon them because that is their characteristics. They are defenseless and they are senseless. And of course we know from Scripture that they are stubborn. All we like sheep have what? Gone astray. We turned everyone what? To his own way. He's stubborn. That's some of the characteristics. Also I read that uh, of course sheep are very fearful animals and, and they should be. Afraid of every little sound and of every little movement and, and, and every other kind of strange animal. This is the nature and this is the characteristics normally of a sheep. But I want to show you a sheep that has been connected with the right shepherd. And when you get the sheep with the right shepherd, there seems to come those important changes that affects the characteristics of the sheep. Notice it. Now David is a sheep. But he says in verse number one, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He said, my shepherd and my journeys with him has affected my wants and my desires. <laughs> Anytime you find a sheep 
that's not out after his own way and he's satisfied in his own pasture, you know he's got a good shepherd and it has affected him in his characteristics. He said, I'm not wanting, I have no desires. Thank God he's been transformed. He says to us, also in verse number two, he maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He says, not only has my shepherd changed and affected the characteristics of my wants and desires, but he has affected my will. He said, he maketh me lie down. I'm under the authority of my shepherd. He's Lord of my life. It has affected me and it has transformed this sheep. Now notice, he says, not only has he changed my wants, not only has he changed my will, but he, he tells us he's even, he's even affected and changed my water. He said, he leadeth me beside the seal waters. Said he's even transformed and had an influence on that which I partake of, even my, my drinking, that which I, I drink from. There's been a transformation. David said, I'm a sheep. I know sheep are fearful. I know sheep are ignorant. I know sheep are stubborn. I know sheep are defenseless. But he said, I want you to know because of my shepherd. It has affected my wants, my will, my water. And then he said in verse number three, he leadeth me in paths of righteousness. <laughs> he said, I don't know where all these other sheep are going, but he said, I want you to know every step is in the step of righteousness. Been changed. Been changed. He said, he's affected my wants, my will, my water, my walk. And then he said in verse number four, he's even affected my worry. <laughs> said, I'm supposed to be afraid. Everybody's afraid when they get in the valley. But he said, you're looking at one sheep that's got confidence in his shepherd and I'm not afraid. I'm not worried. Look what he said. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I fear no evil for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they cover me. I'm glad the shepherd has had a changing effect upon this old boy down through the years. Hadn't he had an effect on your life? Haven't there been times in your life when you thought you ought to be another way and you stepped back and you said, Lord, I thank you that you've done a work of grace in my life, that I'm no longer that way. But I'm like this. I'm this kind of shepherd. Why? Because I'm this kind of sheep. Why? Because I'm connected to a shepherd, a transforming shepherd who is leading me to the house of the Lord and changing me so that I'll be prepared when I enter that city. Yeah. yeah he said he's even sort of worked on my wiles or my enemy. He said in verse number six, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Now I realize that under normal circumstances there would be the bears and the lions that would prey upon the sheep and of course would try to sleep, slip up behind them if they could. But David said, I don't even have to look back there 
because he said, I know what's back there. He said, I got the same thing back there that I got up here. Because you see, what you follow is what's following you in life. Have you ever noticed that? Whatever you pursue, you better be careful. It'll be running in behind you. If you pursue a life of ungodliness and wickedness and wretchedness, it's what's going to slip up behind you. But I'm here to tell you, if you're following goodness and mercy, you don't have to worry about what's coming up behind you because goodness and mercy will follow you. He said it's just been a big change for this old sheep. (laughs) Oh, it's been a change. I'm glad the Lord changed the characteristics of my nature and put a divine love in my heart for the things of God, the house of God, the word of God, the people of God. I've been changed been a transformation (laughs) what a sheep what a sheep just shows the characteristics of those of the transforming work oh aren't you glad you're not like you used to be there's been a change I'm talking about the characteristics of this transformation (laughs) and David said boy there's my wants my will my water my walk my worry and even my wiles have been changed in my life Oh, boy, I can just lay down and be at peace and at rest. But now I want you to look, secondly, as I think about this transforming work of the shepherd in the, in the life of the sheep. He didn't save you to leave you like you were, but he saved you to change you. And so I want you to notice with me, secondly, not only the characteristics of this, this transformation, but I want you to notice the condescension of this transformation. Of course, the word condescend means to come down. Now this change that we're talking about, this transformation that is going to couple shepherd and sheep and, and uh, is going to uh, prepare the sheep for the house of the Lord, it's got to start somewhere. But you see, it, doesn't, it never starts with the sheep because of, as I've already said, he don't have any power to change himself. He can't grow any, he can't grow any, uh, any teeth that he might be able to protect himself. And, and he, you know, tell, ask the sheep, you know, talk to him. Uh, say, oh sheep, uh, why don't you, why don't you exercise and learn to run like the deer or the antelope or, or uh, why don't you sharpen your teeth so you can fight off the enemy? Or why don't you go to school and get educated so you can learn north from south and east from west and you can make it a little bit by yourself? <laughs> the sheep would say, well, you just don't understand your sheep. Sheep can't ever improve themselves. Now, they can't ever learn above what they are. And by the way, you do know that you're God's sheep, don't you? <laughs> and they are ignorant, and they are stubborn, and they are defenseless, and they are helpless, and so are we. And it is not left up to us. He did not send a notice that he had a home for us if we could make it on our own. But there was a, there was a condescending in this transformation. 
The first change that ever took place is when God Almighty left his throne and said, I will take on the role. I will transform myself into being the shepherd of the sheep. Aren't you glad that God is your shepherd? David said, I don't just have any old shepherd. I don't have an appointed shepherd, but I don't have a sent shepherd. He said, I've got the shepherd of all shepherds. The Lord is my shepherd. <laughs> oh, aren't you glad that when the Lord made up his fold and his flock and he called his sheep, that he didn't send a lesser than himself to take us home. Because you see, he didn't want no bad reports when we get there. He didn't want somebody leading the sheep that would come and say, Lord, I did the best I could. I brought 98, 97, 75. I lost one or two to the wolves as one fell off a rock cliff and one was cast down. I didn't make it to him and another and he just thirsted to death. We didn't get no grazing ground, but I did the best I could. Oh, I want you to know the Lord said we'll have no news like that. I'm going to go myself because I'm going to be the shepherd of the sheep. Aren't you glad he was willing to condescend and become our shepherd? The loneliest of tasks of being the shepherd of an ignorant bunch of sheep. Now, I've thought about tags and titles that we're so proud of in this world. And I thought about the Lord, what, what title he could have taken upon himself as being God. He, he could have said, he could have said, just call me the zoologist. I made all the animals, know all about them, so I, that'd be a good title. He could have said, no, I'm the botanist. I created all plant life, and I know all about them. He could have said, call me the meteorologist. I, I, I am the one that controls the weather. He could have said, call me the oceanographer. I am the one that holds the waters in the palm of my hand. But he didn't. He said, forget all your fancy titles and just call me a shepherd. That's all I'm interested in sheep anyhow. Everything else is secondary. A lot of folks think that God's church is his secondary work and then he goes off into the universe doing something that is more important. I want you to know sheep is his only business. He's interested in getting us home. A hundred percent. Not 99 Somebody said, well, what happens if one of them strays? i got a shepherd that can find you. Somebody said, well, what happens if you get sold? Well, I want you to know he's never put anything up for sale. Somebody said, well, what happens if somebody steals you and breaks through and steals? I want you to know he never slumbers and sleeps. You can't blindside him or warn the sheep. 
Somebody said the one of one of them gets sacrificed. I found out he was the final sacrifice. So honey, there won't be no straying and stealing and selling and sacrificing. All the sheep's going home. Why? Because of the condescending shepherd that we have. What a divine condescension when God came down to be my shepherd. He's a capable shepherd. He's a constant shepherd. He's a caring shepherd. He's a comforting shepherd. He's a curing shepherd. And I'm glad that he's willing to claim us and to purchase us and to tend to us and to find us and to feed us and to mend us and to restore us and to protect us and to lead us. I'm sure God could do a lot of other things. But he loves his sheep. And he said, now wait a minute, I'm going to make all this and this, this and this. And angels, I'll give you this function. And man, I'll give you this function. But he said, I'll take care of the sheep. I'll be responsible for the sheep. Oh, I'm glad David didn't say Michael was my shepherd. I'm glad he didn't say Gabriel was my shepherd. I'm glad he didn't say John or Paul or Peter is my shepherd. He said the Lord. <laughs> what a transformation, a divine transformation of which God came down to be my shepherd, a divine transformation in this condescension. But you know, it even goes a step further than that when we think about God coming down being the shepherd, how divine that is. It's also a, a sublime uh, condescension. You know, uh, I got to thinking about a shepherd and I got to thinking about other uh, areas of life, characteristics of other uh, people and so on in life. For instance, a mother. You know what makes a mother? Just having a child doesn't make a mother. And fathering a son doesn't make a daddy. But I've noticed the thing that really makes a mother is her ability to get down into the world of that daughter. There's an amazing transformation that takes place in that mom. See, she one time was a little girl. And so when she's in the kitchen and she's a cooking and a baking or whatever, and her little three, four-year-old daughter is in the bathroom and things get real quiet. <laughs> Mama doesn't get happy because daughter is quiet. But she has this amazing ability to transform herself into a four-year-old. Can't she do it? She better be able to do it because if she can't, that little girl's not going to grow up to be an adult. Because in her mind, she sees that little girl in that bathroom and she's got that lotion bottle upside down squirting it all over the place. <laughs> she's able to relate to that. She's able to see that. She's able to feel that. She's able to know that. Same thing with a daddy. If a little boy is going to make it to adulthood, 
when that daddy is holding that little boy's hand out there by the side of the road talking to someone else. He's holding boys are pulling, wanting to get loose. But in daddy's mind, he knows what a four-year-old boy do. He'll dart across the road, and if he does, he'll get run over. And so daddy is able to relate to that little four-year-old boy's mind. He's able to think like a little four-year-old and know what's going to happen. He gets down into his world. <laughs> now buckle your seatbelt. I'm going somewhere here. And I was over in Alabama and a preacher over there also was a chicken farmer. And I told him, I said, I'm interested just coming by and looking over the apparatus and so on. He said, well, come on by, preacher. And uh, when I went in, I, I, the, the first place he took me is in this little room that had this mechanism up here. And he said, now this is my computer from which I operate everything. And he said, I have these things uh, so set because when I have these little chicks come in, they demand a certain amount of food at a little chick's age versus a bigger chicken. They also demand a certain amount of water versus a big chicken. They demand a certain amount of heat versus a big chicken and a certain amount of coolness. And so he said this computer will give them the right amount at the right time at their individual ages. And as they progress, it'll be more according to what they need. And he said, I've got it all set up so that when these little chicks get in here, that the first thing will happen is he's, he's got those uh, lines run, PVC pipe, and uh, that's where the water comes out of. And then he's got this little place, a uh, chute that comes down. That's the way I'm describing it. And that's where the chickens are fed. And then he's got these heat uh, lamps over here, gas heated, where, the, where they can run over and, and, uh, and get heated. And he said, I've got all that set up. And he said, what my full intention is, is, is to try to bring every one of those chicks from, from the early age to the day, 50 days later, to the day they come and pick them up. Said, I don't want to lose any of them if I can help it. But he said down in Alabama, there's times, July and August, when the temperatures shoot up. And it'll get way up in the 100, 104, 105. He said, we can handle that. We're set up for it for a day or two. But he said, if it goes much beyond that, he said, I'm telling you, I have to do everything I can to keep those little chicks just right. Because he said, not only is a little chicken, you'll have to correct me after service if I read him wrong, but don't do it now. Okay. <laughs> he said a little chick is not only born in a yoke, but they're born with a yoke in them. And he said if they get under stress, that yoke that's in them will harden up. He said, they'll grow, but they won't grow like the others will. They won't be quite as healthy. And so he said, my job to get these to adulthood is to keep them out of all the stress. I can keep them out of with the right amount of air, the right amount of heat, the right amount of food, the right amount of water, and everything. But he said, there's times when the adversities of the elements are so great and I'm struggling so hard that my mind is so much upon them chickens. He said, preacher, when I lay down the night, I almost become a chicken. <laughs> I fought 
chicken, I slept chicken, I drank chicken, I walked chicken, I talked chicken. My whole world was chicken. But you see, if it wasn't, they're not going to make it. And his, the thing that makes him a chicken farmer is he's able to get down into that little chick's world and understand what it takes and what kind of food, what kind of water, what they're frightful of and how much air they need and how much protection. He had these dividers. And he said the nature of a chicken is the breeze that will blow in that building said that chicken will go in the direction of that breeze and said they'll pile up on top of one another and suffocate. But he said, I've got these little guards in here. They can only go so far because I understand. I have thought, I've meditated, I've studied. He said again, I almost become a chicken. I'm talking about the condescension of this transformation. Not only is it a divine condescension, but it is sublime in that not only did the Lord become my shepherd, But Isaiah said concerning Jesus, he was a what? Lamb led to the slaughter. And as a what? A sheep. He opened not his mouth. (laughs) He wasn't just satisfied in being your shepherd. He said, I want to get down there when I can know what they feel. I want to know when they're cold. I want to know when they're hot. I want to know when they're hungry. I want to know when they're thirsty. I want to know what makes them frightful. I want to know how they feel in the dark. I want to know how they feel at 104 degrees. I want to know. Amen. John said, Behold. <laughs> the what? The shepherd became one day a sheep. So that he could know the feelings of our infirmities. What a divine transformation. And that the shepherd became one of the sheep. Thank God. And I want you to know, child of God, as a result of that, he knows our frailties. He knows our tendencies. He knows our enemies. He knows our necessities. He knows all about us because he became one of us. (laughs) When your heart's bleeding... Troubles have come in upon your soul. You got a shepherd that knows all about what you're going through. He became one of the sheep. (laughs) He got down into my world, became a man. He got down into my world and knew what it was like to be mocked and laughed at. He got down into my world and knew what it was like to be hungry and thirsty as he hung from the cross. He got down into my world and knew what it was like for his family to reject him. He got down into my world and knew what it was like to die. He tasted of it so he would know 
what it was like. Oh, aren't you glad? I'll tell you, sometimes we get the idea when we pray that we're praying to a God that is so cold and distant. Oh, but he is touched with the feelings of our infirmities because, child of God, he's been where you're at now. He's been one of those tender little sheep. He's been out there when it's cold, when it's hot. He knows there is this transformation, this change. Not only do we see it in the characteristics as far as the sheep is concerned, but we see it in the condescension of the shepherd in that he became one of the sheep. Thank God. But I want you to notice with me lastly what I call the conforming, not only the characteristics of this transformation, the condescension of this transformation, but the the conforming effects of this transformation. Now, David said again in verse 6, And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. How under God's heaven is stinking sheep going to get into that glorious place. (laughs) Have you ever thought about that? But you see, what happens is along the journey, what is taking place, as Romans 8 said, we are being conformed into the image of his son. And there is this, this transforming, conforming work that is, that is changing us. And the longer we go and the more we walk with him, the more we become like him. Let's go back to that illustration, that mama and that chicken farmer. You know what happens, that mom and that daddy, they, they, ha, they, they get down into that little boy or that little girl's world. And miraculously within time, as the years progress, this transforming work has, has taken place and we didn't really realize it was happening. But before long, you will say to that boy, after he gets up 17, 18 years old, 19, you'll say, son, as long as you live, your daddy will never die. You see, daddy got down into his world and, and he come up in daddy's world. Daddy became like him and then he became like daddy. Same thing with the mom. Now, I'm going back to that chicken farm. He's talking about how he's, he had to get, he had to study. I mean, he had to labor. He had to so much so again that he almost became a chicken. And I'm standing around in there and I'm looking at all these thousands of them in this one big old place. And I know, I, and I hear this little tap. Now he's already told me that he put that PVC pipe in there and it's got a little old uh, uh, thing on the bottom of it. And... Uh, it kind of, looks kind of like a, an aluminum button down there, and you push that button. When you push that button, water comes out. And I got to notice all this, and they were just real tiny when I was in there. All of them was in there going... And I said to him, who taught them how to do that? 
He said, it's amazing. Preacher said, they ain't in here no time. You'll hear them. And then the thought hit me. You know what they're doing when they hit that little button and bring water out of there? They are conforming to the mind of the chicken farmer. <laughs> they didn't think of that apparatus. That apparatus was there a long time before they got there. Matter of fact, I asked him, I said, he said, I get rid of them. And he said, two weeks, I get another load. I said, boy, I bet them two weeks are relaxing. He said, no, man, that's the toughest part. I said, what are you talking about? He said, I have to spend the whole two weeks getting ready for the next load. I said, praise God. Isn't that a way in salvation? God had this thing set up before we ever got here. He had all the buttons and the heat and the lever and the food and the water set up when we got here. And that little old chick will go in and every time he hits a button, he's doing the will of the chicken farmer. (laughs) And every time he gets cold, runs over under that heater, he's conforming to the will of the chicken farmer. And every time he gets hungry and he runs over and gets something to eat, he's doing the will of the chicken farmer. <laughs> oh, the chicken farmer got down in his world, knew what his nature was, knew what it'd take to get him through, laid everything out. He got into the, he not only got into the world, he got into their mind. And you think you're looking at chickens, that you're just looking at thousands of chicken farmers. Everything they're doing is the mind of the chicken farmer. Am I telling the truth? As long as that chicken's drinking, you're happy. As long as he's eating, you're happy. As long as he's warm, you're happy. As long as he's not cold, you're happy. He's doing the mind of the chicken farmer. Isn't it true how Jesus came down into our world? Saved us by his grace. And the Bible said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And it becomes so there is such a transformation in this text that when you see that sheep laying down, it's not just the sheep laying down, that's the shepherd's will in mind for the sheep. Every step that sheep takes, he's not taking that out of his mind, out of his, he don't know which way to go. It's the mind of the shepherd that's walking in him. When he gets down and drinks out of that water that has been pond up in stillness, that's the mind of the shepherd that's gotten into the sheep. You say, well, preacher, what happened to you 35 years ago? I'll tell you what happened to me. The shepherd got in me. And his mind started operating me. And every step I take, it's the mind and the will of the shepherd. He's conforming me. John said when he appears, said we don't know what he'll be like. But he said there's one thing you can bank on. We're going to be like him. <laughs> so much so, children, don't worry about when the sheep and the shepherd get to the wondrous, glorious home of heaven. That sheep ain't going to mess it up. 
He's going to be so transformed, you ain't going to be able to tell the difference between the sheep and the shepherd in its will, in its mind. See, when we, when we get to heaven, we ain't going to be heaven's house pets. God ain't going to come to the door like we're, you know, an animal. You know, the angels ain't going to stand there and say, all right, now, here's all the rules and regulations for sheep. That's good. You can come in, but I, we don't want you chewing on the heavenly furniture. No running down the streets, none of that stuff. Got to clean up every now and then, get the bugs off from you. <laughs> Who'd want to go to heaven like that? Yeah. That's good. I don't want to go to a place where I feel less than anybody. The same spirit that Christ is and is of is the spirit that dwells in me. And the songwriter said, I'll not be a stranger when I enter that city. No, because again, we're not going to be heaven's house pet. We're going to be so transformed that there'll be no needs of rules and regulations because we're going to be just like him. He's done a transforming work. Oh, I'm glad for that, aren't you?